We are going to energize the country. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. The independence case is a powerful one. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Biltcliffe, the Yorkshire Party's candidate for the South Yorkshire mayoral election, which is due to be held next year. Welcome to the podcast, Simon. Thank you very much. Look forward to uh, having a chat with you today. No, it's great to have you on to have a chat. So the first question that I'd like to ask is, what made you decide to put yourself forward as the Yorkshire Party's candidate for the South Yorkshire mayoral election? Um, I've always had a great passion for Yorkshire and uh, obviously uh, um, it's been a a challenging time uh, for everyone in the country but in particular in Yorkshire and I think now is the time when we look at the post-Covid era and I think there is a a once-in-a-generation opportunity uh, for South Yorkshire uh, and Yorkshire generally to actually step forward and win the next industrial revolution that's coming around, and I think the, the you know for me the um, the devolution uh, question is one that is needing to be asked and, and but answered by having a devolved parliament in uh, Yorkshire, uh, and so the combination of the two things. Uh, a great opportunity for Yorkshire and also bringing political power, which will em- empower that, uh, is a, a great, I suppose, time to uh, uh, stand forward for the election. So I'm delighted to do so. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of, obviously, the main things that you are concerned with as the, the Yorkshire Party's candidate is, as you mentioned there, uh, devolution and mm-hmm. increased powers um, for Yorkshire in general and, and obviously for South Yorkshire uh, yeah. in particular, as, as it's where you're standing. Um, what sort of um, increase in um, powers would you be thinking of looking specifically for South Yorkshire? Is there something that you would like to see in terms of the uh, Mayor of South Yorkshire's remit that could be expanded? And, and, and if so, what sort of like expansion in powers would you like to see? Yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, devolution is an entirely Yorkshire uh, agenda item. It's mm-hmm. not a south of Yorkshire agenda item um, because, you know, we've got five and a half million people. We've got a wonderful place to live, and yet we've got no local political power of clout. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this is a stepping stone. The South uh, Yorkshire mayor um, election, it's it's showing that the people of Yorkshire are wanting a, a, to step towards uh, de- devolution. And also, it is an ambassadorial role. It's there to bang the drum for South Yorkshire uh, out in the wider UK and internationally about, you know, getting inward investment, uh, looking at the opportunities that we can get by partnering with other um, parts of the country and, and the wider world to to actually step forward as an area that people want to invest in. There's a lot of opportunity uh, for South Yorkshire with the um, political uh, uh, impact that the, the Yorkshire Party can bring and the focus that we have on Yorkshire alone, rather than having a kind of uh, all of U- uh, the UK agenda. So, yeah, I think it's... Devolved power is a for for all of Yorkshire rather than this particular bit. So I'm just looking forward to uh, you know standing uh, for 
the South Yorkshire election mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully giving a new, fresh alternative to the people, the voters to, uh, you know, grasp the opportunity that's out there. Mm-hmm. Now, um, w- one of the reasons that your uh, party leader, uh, Bob Buxton, said that you'd be a-, a candidate that people could support is because when you make promises related to jobs, you actually have um, experience in business uh, through your company, uh, Webmart. Uh, for those listeners who aren't familiar with Webmart or, or, or what that is, you know might entail and how that might be related to you standing as um, Mayor of South Yorkshire, could you just explain what uh, Webmart is and how it might uh, link and, and, and give you experience for the role of, of Mayor of South Yorkshire? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> well, Webmart is a, um integrated marketing services company based out of Barnsley, in the north and uh, Bicester in Oxfordshire in the south. Um, it is 20 million turnover and we, there are 34 people uh, working there. Um, the The interesting thing about it is that I've called it in the past a Marxist capitalist business, but it's, it's a lot less scary than it can sound on, on first hearing. But mm-hmm. basically we use capitalism to create the profits and the value in the, in the same way as in any normal business does but then we share out the profits, the surplus profits, to the people that make it, hmm. so the, to the workers that uh, in ensuring that we're um, a profitable business, and that has allowed people to have an exceptional quality of life um, because we align together. So the experience that I've got of running a business, which you know I started 25 years ago, this is no flash in the pan, um, and it's you know, now uh, a very strong business, um, never had to borrow money. So I've got a good startup uh, track record. I've got a good longevity uh, record of running a business um, and actually having a business that works for people hmm. rather than works for the person at the top, which is, I think, very important. You know, capitalism is fantastic at creating wealth. And if in, in society, there's only really one way of creating wealth, and that is through business um and then the taxes that business pays pays for the society that we want so webmark we we put all of the bonuses through the payroll which means we pay the highest rate of tax that we are meant to pay which allows the society to have this the quality of services that we want to see in the type of uh, society that we want to see so the whole thing works symbio- in symbiosis you know an individual wins the organisation wins and the society wins. So that ethos, if you like, of everybody winning at the same time is different, distinctively different uh, from uh, many businesses that uh, have not, you know, have, have taken active ways of trying to avoid tax. Um, and we also have a 163-acre, what we call the Webmark Oxygen Farm, which has um, allowed us to rewild a, an area which, obviously, from an environmental point of view, allows great amenity, um, but also from a carbon perspective, we are carbon um, positive to the mm. tune of 1,200 people, uh, more than the uh, carbon footprint of the business. So, you know, it, it works for the environment as well as society, as well as the individuals who work in the business. And I think that, that ethos of everything aligning to deliver uh, value to um, all of the key stakeholders is where this is a distinctively different alternative from the mainstream political parties. 
Mm. And you you mentioned the um, the areas that you have um, been rewilding. Yeah. Uh, what was it that uh, got you interested in the concept of rewilding, and and, and how did you start um, rewilding the the land uh, that you have been able to through Webmart? Well, I, I mean, I've always been uh, a keen environmentalist. I mean, I took agricultural economics when I was a, a sprog, and um, you know, understanding how you know the symbiosis between what you know how we treat the planet and how we treat people and the you know the, you look at the the economics of the world and things like pollution don't get factored in i mean it's a very you know primitive kind of way of evaluating things that is the uh, is current modern, modern economics because it doesn't actually look at the things that make people's lives richer it looks at the cost of things, but it ignores things like pollution and it ignores things like treating people with respect. And I, that's one of the reasons that I, I was very keen to get the uh, Webmart Oxygen Farm up, up and running because it shows that a normal business such as Webmart can have a significant environmental uh, positive impact rather than an extractive one where, where many uh, businesses can have. Because all we did was take cash that we had in the in the business and turned it from a, a, from the balance sheet as an asset into something which will enhance the world by having a you know wonderful place for people to visit and it allows me to offer to every member of Webmart a free week for them to spend time with their families in this at this place um, and so that enhances their work life balance it enhances their uh, you know, bonding with their families, et cetera, et cetera, at, at the same time. So, again, it's looking for solutions which deliver value to everybody. And I think, you know, I've done it in the, in the uh, business, I've done it in the, from an environmental perspective, and now I want to do it in the political arena. And I think, you know, that, that if you like, those core values will hopefully chime with uh, the voters of South Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. And um, as you mentioned throughout, one of the main issues for you is obviously um, employment in the region yeah. and um, the economy. I mean, what, what sort of things, if, if, if you were to become uh, mayor of South Yorkshire, would you be doing to encourage businesses into the area and to um, give businesses that are already existing in the area greater support to uh, expand and employ more people? Yeah, good question. I mean, from a uh, within existing businesses, there's there's a huge amount of support already here, but it, it quite often it's fragmented, and it's only if you happen to know that it's uh, there that you can benefit from it. So I think a much more joined up way of of um, accessing that would be um, making sure that there is one place that you can actually ring up and get the advice that you want at a at, at a regional level. Um, which would signpost you to the support service that they've got. And there are a lot out there, but a lot of people I speak to in, in business don't know that they're mm. out there. And they're also um, one of the things that if you look at most successful businesses, say in America, um, mentoring and coaching of their leadership team is a is a prerequisite. You know, Whereas over here, we see it as almost... Um, a strange concept having somebody to coach your leadership style mm. but generally these things really do work um 
And so trying to get a, a strong mentoring and ne network uh, going in Yorkshire. I mean, there are great organisations like Connect Yorkshire already that are uh, supporting people, um, which I'm proud to be a part of, um, but at, at a wider level. In terms of the startup economy, um, there is, you know, some fantastic uh, businesses spinning out of universities, but we need to do it at scale and we need to keep the talent that, that goes to university here here to start their businesses. So again, offering um, simple things like um, accounting software, which has all of the templates that you need to start a business uh, already preloaded, making sure that you've got the support that is in the area already into that um, in, into that bit of software so that you can click on a button and you you know you have contracts of employment for example and things like making it really simple we want south yorkshire to be the easiest place in the world to grow your business start your business or invest from an out the outside um of the area into here and you know i've been talking to think people in oxfordshire uh about having a twinning service with South Yorkshire because there's a lot, it's very difficult to expand down south. Mm. You know, it's really expensive. There's not a lot of land and what have you. And if we can partner, you know, rather like, you know, you see on um, cities, they have twinning with certain mm. places in a different part of the world, you know, um, to try and build links. If we can have economic twinning with different areas, so we can be the, again, a single point of contact for anybody who wanted to expand Come here, partner with an existing uh, Yorkshire business, partner with uh, a you know a, a local authority to find the space to to expand your um, your your business here in uh, South Yorkshire. It will be fantastic. And there's a lot of people I know because obviously I've uh, I know a lot of people down south um, who would you know once they come here they really like it and they can see there's a great opportunity so this role is is a ambassadorial role it's a it's a role that is bringing to the front of mind what a great place south yorkshire is to live to work to invest um and uh, you know that's certainly what i would absolutely uh, give 100% to if i was to get the uh, vote on the 5th of may mm -hmm. Um, now, one of the other uh, issues that has been um, prevalent, not just in Yorkshire, but across the country, has obviously uh, been COVID and its impact yeah. on um, hospitals and communities. I mean, what do you think the um, impact of COVID on South Yorkshire has been? And what would you see as your uh, main mission if you were elected in terms of combating some of the ill effects that will obviously be uh, hanging around from COVID, from uh, in, in May and, and of course for in some cases many years to come yeah absolutely I mean it, it is a reset um, and I think it, it's shown in many things some of, some of them uh, you know dreadful obviously the inequality and the, the you know the, um, the that is in society and and this is where it's you know it, it should be a galvanising force for us to realise there's got to be a better way going forward in terms of getting a more equitable society um, because it's always the, the poorest that are hit hardest mm. uh, in times like this. And, the, you know, the, obviously going going forward, um, it has re made people reassess their life choices as well. Um, you know, people have 
I think had a great reset. I mean, they they call it now. There's a huge amount of resignation going out. They call it the Great Resignation. People mm-hmm. are looking at the different things that they want to do with their lives, uh, and they you know isn't business as usual. Um, so, and I think that in a, a, on the flip side is a great opportunity for um, South Yorkshire and, and wider Yorkshire. It's a great place to be. You you know you can have uh, you know relative to many parts of the world it is affordable housing it is a great you know got great countryside around so it's it's a place that you can actually buy a house and uh, and actually afford to have a family which is you know not necessarily the case in many parts of the country Mm. and also with the more flexible workplace that we find ourselves in people are much more willing and able to allow people to work from home so you can choose now where you want to be to do your job often rather than be told and that that's liberating and that is a great opportunity for um places like you know south yorkshire to actually harvest the uh the the, these uh more flexible jobs um and give great amounts of um, well-being to you know people not just economic well-being but you know on a personal level get a better work-life balance um but yes uh, covid you know you can't we we still don't know where we're going to be with this um in by may uh, and i think we've just got to be really uh, very careful and and uh, just be keep as flexible as we can in terms of how we're going to respond to whatever it, it throws at us. But I think if, if we, we seize the opportunity, we've got great broadband now in m- many parts of South Yorkshire, and it's expanding all the time. I know in Barnsley, City Fibre are rolling it out quickly. You know, some parts of the, the, the county are better than others, but uh, it, it is generally good enough to do a great, um, you know, to, to be able to effectively work from home. Uh, when that suits and that gives you uh, the flexibility um, to actually look at build a career which works with family life rather than necessarily have one playing against family life so you never know there may be some uh, silver lining out of this rather dark cloud that COVID's been. Mm, Absolutely Um, now one of the other issues that of course has um, affected a lot of areas in the north is um, poor public transportation now what would you see as uh, a way to improve uh, public transportation in South Yorkshire? Would it simply be a case of um, going to the government and making a case for more money? Would it be involving businesses in some way? What, what would you see as a as a means of uh, getting improved uh, transportation in South Yorkshire? Yeah, I mean, it's a huge it's a huge question and a huge issue. I mean, one of the challenges that you've got in you know the UK is one of the most centralised um, governments in Europe. Mm. Um, as a consequence of that, everything is very London centric because the people, the power, uh, and the people that decide these things are based out of London. As a consequence of that, we end up with the HS2 kind of debacle that we had, where effectively that decision. Um, has, and that's, you know, it's, it's easy for them to say when they never use the Woodhead Pass or State Pass and they never have to sit on the drover's route mm. between Sheffield and, and Manchester. Um, but that ha- has cost Yorkshire £30 billion in GDP. Well, if you look at Yorkshire, the GDP of Yorkshire is £163 billion. So that's, t- give or take, 20% almost 
of our GDP that has taken off as a future economic well-being because the infrastructure isn't there that we need. Now, there's no shortage of people and reports saying what we need. There's a shortage of political will to make it happen. And this is where, as South Yorkshire Mayor, I would absolutely um, be haranguing those currently in power to actually understand the economics of it from their point of view as well. You know, for us, it it matters because we, we live it. But if you're looking at it from a UK economy point of view, that's a huge amount of of money that the Treasury could get in if we were to be given that investment. So I think you've got to look at both hearts and uh, and minds. You know, this is, there's a logic and a magic to getting uh, funding out of central government. And I think by looking at it rationally, but also passionately, um, and that's certainly what I could do. Um, we've got a much better chance of getting the transport systems and infrastructure that we we know we need. I mean, there are many uh, strategy papers on what we need. It's just make, getting the uh, um, desire, creating the desire in uh, the, the corridors of power to actually uh, give us the, the tools to do the job that we want to do. Obviously, the bigger picture is devolution. If we devolved the decision-making to a Yorkshire assembly uh, in whatever f- shape or form, of course you wouldn't be having those decisions, you know, uh, have being deferred because we know, we understand how important it is to get these things done. So that's where political power and the infrastructure are inextricably linked. You know, yes, we can we can um, make the the case with passion, with verve, and with determination. Um, and that that will get us to, towards it. But devolution is by far the most effective way of getting the infrastructure and the, the, the if you like, the gravitas within Yorkshire that it deserves. Mm. And of course, one of the um, other issues that has had uh, an effect, not quite as um, uh, much as COVID, but certainly has had an effect on the whole UK, has been the economic result of um, Brexit. Certain areas have um, seen... Uh, lack of um, transportation of goods because of a shortage of HGV drivers, etc. I mean, what sort of impact do you think that Brexit has had on South Yorkshire? And do you think it has been more negative or more positive? What do you think as an effect it has had? Yeah, I mean, Brexit is a fact uh, that we are all coming to terms with, I think. I don't think we've seen um, how it's going to play out in the fullness of time. Mm -hmm. Um, yet it's it's very early days in terms of seeing the impact of it. I mean, <clears throat> if you were to, I am a naturally positive person, so you you, you look at um, the fact that all of a sudden there is a desire for people to be trained. You know, I think that's what we we see education and lifelong education as being a a key part of our post COVID, post Brexit. Uh, world that we live in that you don't leave school or university and that's your education done it is part of a continuum all the way through your life to retirement and probably beyond that you are constantly uh, learning new skills and learning uh, new ways of uh, creating value for yourself either intellectually or emotionally or financially or all three and this is where um, I think if you look at, uh, at Brexit per se, we, we used to have, you know, 
effectively um, a right for Europeans to come and work here. That isn't going to be the case anymore. So, you know, people are, are, are reassessing, business leaders are reassessing how they're going to develop their talent. And, and I've seen a lot of opportunities coming around now uh, for people who want to progress to be able to get more training, but there's a lot more to be done. So the skills gap that we've got will have to be filled with people who are um, not necessarily having the skills at the moment, but having the opportunity to upskill themselves. And by upskilling, you you give yourself a much better life chance um, because hopefully you'll get a more rewarding role and you'll get a, 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 both in terms of the way that you've, you, you know, the, the joy you get out of it and also the money you get for doing it. So lifelong learning is, is a big issue um, and a big opportunity at the moment it's not well structured it's not clear how you can get that and I think that's a piece of uh, a very important key piece of uh, work that needs to be done rather quickly and that was something that I certainly would be leading on and I've been speaking to you know educational leaders about how we could get the provision um, and that some of this will be, you know, I was uh, talking to Dave Richards the other day of, of One Disco in, in Sheffield, who set mm-hmm. up a, a um, the AUP uh, program, which is for upskilling people into digital jobs. And that those are there's there's one million unfilled digital jobs right here, right now in the UK. I mean. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, there's huge, huge opportunities. I'm also on chairing two um, in, uh, prisoner, uh, you know, ex-offender uh, employability groups. And all of a sudden, there's, you know, we're really getting some traction in getting people out of the criminal system into get, uh, gainful employment. And the best guess is one person that doesn't go back into the criminal system saves society £2 million. Mm. I mean, this is a huge, huge thing. So, you know, in that sense, um, having a, a, a shortage of um, labour coming in is, is a very positive thing because it gives people a second chance um, for coming out of prison, but it also gives people, you know, multiple more opportunities to upskill themselves for for their, um, their career. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, it, it is a change. It is a, a massive change. And some companies, you know, are finding it much more difficult than others um, to adapt to that change. But I think it will be here for the foreseeable future. And uh, I think South Yorkshire is in a great place if we get this lifelong learning provision in place and we get you know, public and private sector to work together to uh, really capture this next green uh, artificial intelligence enabled tech um, industrial revolution that we're going through now. It's mm-hmm. a really exciting time. Um, so in, 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 in terms of uh, another issue that has obviously uh, impacted people, though not on the same scale as uh, Brexit or coronavirus, um, Storm Arwin obviously created a great deal of disruption in the north of England. There are still uh, houses in, um, in in Scotland and in uh, parts of the f- further north of Yorkshire, parts of the, the north of England that yeah. still don't have any power. I mean, what do you think that that says about um, energy reliance and also the way that energy companies treat certain parts of the UK? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's shown that the um, devolved privatised grid system isn't quite as uh, robust as we're expecting. And, and, you know, bear in mind, we're all being 
urge to electrify everything you know i've got an electric car and that's you know fabulous when i've got electricity hmm. um it's marginally less than hapless if as far as you know 10 days without uh, power it, w- hmm. it wouldn't be that grand and you know the northern power grid if i'm not mistaken is owned by burke uh, hathaway berkshire the kind of warren buffett company so hmm. that you know so you know it's it's got no shortage of money um, but it's got a shortage of being able to support people who need it most and i think we need we need to look at the resilience within the uh, infrastructure that we've got because these events will be more frequent i mean if you've been up to uh, the parts of the country that have been affected by that and i haven't but i've have got people that i know in the at the webmark oxygen farm which has been you know kind of devastated by mm. um, the, the storm. I mean, it had 104 mile an hour wind mm. going through there. This was a hurricane. You know, um, we didn't, you know, we call it a storm, but when you get winds like that and it's just snapped 40 year old trees in half, um, there's not a lot you can uh, you can do to, to prevent uh, those things happening, but you mm. can actually respond more effectively. And I think it's taken far too long for the uh, army to be brought in. Um, and I do think when you, they'll look back over time and say, actually, they could have predicted quite a lot of this. Um, so I think contingency planning for these exceptional events needs to be made much more robust and have contingency plans in place to get things like generators mm. to people, you know, because you, you can't, you know, if if it is total devastation as it is in some of those places it's going to be it's going to be a long job to get it back but what you can do is mitigate by getting temporary measures ready and waiting for these things to happen so mm. you know i'd like i think it, it, it'll be a solitary lesson uh, and i do feel so so much for and you, you can only imagine with the, what it's like to be 10 days without any heating mm. or any uh, you know some in some cases water but mm. uh, now i think hopefully there there needs to be a more robust and more future-proofed approach to the, these kind of disasters than uh, we've seen certainly um, with Storm Arwen. Mm, absolutely. Well, it's been fantastic to speak to you, uh, Simon. I have uh, one final question. Um, we're obviously coming up to Christmas, the Christmas season, and um, obviously because of the, the Omicron uh, variant, people perhaps won't be uh, travelling uh, as far this Christmas as they might have been uh, planning to. But uh, in, in, in normal times, if someone was coming up to Yorkshire for Christmas and uh, they could only visit one part of South Yorkshire, which part of South Yorkshire would you tell them to visit? That's a very difficult question to answer. <laughs> Goodness me. Well, I mean... I think, to me, a lovely part of the uh, world that is, um, I suppose, COVID secure and beautiful is the Yorkshire Sculpture Park, Mm. Uh, half of which was in South Yorkshire, half of which is in West Yorkshire. Mm. So it's it's on the border, but it is beautiful, 500 acres, so you're ever so secure because you're all outside, beautiful uh, scenery, and uh, it's a great place to walk with all of your family um, when you get together at Christmas. Mm, absolutely. A wonderful place to visit. Um, thank you for coming on the podcast, Simon. If people My want pleasure. to find out more about you and about your campaign, where should they go to find out more about you and about your Absol- campaign? Well, 
Thank you very much indeed. Uh, certainly the uh, YorkshireParty.org um, website um, and on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, it's Bilty, B-I-L-T-Y, for the number four mayor. And uh, I'm there and anybody wants to reach out, support, help, I, you know, I'm very open to any offers of support. I'll be most, most grateful. Fantastic. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast, like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.